What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Pace and Space podcast. This is your host, Calvin, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Leif. Leif, what's going on? Man, I'm doing much better than the Cavs are right now, I must say. Ooh, tell me about it. Well, that is what we're going to talk about tonight. Um, as of this evening, we're recording on a Thursday. The Warriors are now up 3 to zero in this 2017 NBA Finals, and Leif, not really going the way you expected it, huh? No, I mean, even when I gave my prediction for um, Cavs and seven, I knew it was one of those things that wasn't a strong possibility, but I mean, I was at least hoping for a game or something, but it doesn't seem to be happening. No, not at all, but I will say at the very least, we got a very good, very competitive game last night in Game 3. Games 1 and 2 were no doubters as soon as pretty much the third quarter hit in those games. At least we got entertaining first halves. But in Game 3, we got an entertaining game from beginning to end. The first one we got this series. And it was really the type of entertainment we were hoping for throughout this series, right? Yeah, that's what we wanted. And we kind of got it. So... Can't be mad with that. No, we can't. We we got a little taste of what we've been waiting for, seeing true high end elite basketball. And it was it was exciting. It was I would almost dare to say it was worth the wait, worth slogging through these boring playoffs where it was blowout blowout after blowout in every game almost. Uh I don't know. Do you feel the same way? Yeah, playoffs were boring. I know Adam Silver is trying to say it's not boring and don't discredit the teams that have made it, but the playoffs were boring. So at least when we got to this point, we at least saw some, well, for the most part, some competitive play. And it was it was a lot of drama, a lot of action. And, you know, the players who we thought were going to step up, KD stepped up and Curry, the usual suspects. And now we have more questions, you know, we – now we have to ask, you know, where did Cavs go from here? Yeah, you, you let me right to where I was going to go next. I mean, first thing I wanted to ask you about is after seeing game three, after seeing all three games really, but especially game three where the game actually got close, Cavs were in desperation mode, but yet here we are still looking at 3-0 Warriors. What, what was your takeaway after the game last night? That was the game that they needed to have. I mean, we were hoping that at least if they got 2-1 going into Friday night, you have a better storyline. Granted, it'll kind of bring the same element that we had last year. They needed that game. And with three minutes left, I thought they had that game. Um, Of course, I know what Golden State is capable of doing. But I thought that the Cavs had the momentum. They were setting the pace. And I said, all right, you know, three minutes left. You're up six. All you got to do now is just make your shots. And that was the game they needed to have. There's no ways around it. Yeah, I mean, after last night's game, I just came away from it really finally just coming to the realization that Cleveland is just 
not even in the same tier. They're not on, they're not on the same level as the Warriors. I think that's that was my immediate takeaway because last night game 3 LeBron Kyrie gave you the best games you could possibly hope for. They played probably they probably played better than most of the games they won in last year in the finals last night. You had the lead for for at, you you regained the lead in the third quarter where the third quarters have been basically when, been when these games have gone out of hand. So you overcame the third quarter hurdle obstacle from the first two games. Like I said, LeBron's going off. He's giving you almost 40. Kyrie's giving you close to 40. That was Cleveland's best shot, their best punch. They gave the Warriors everything they could. And the Warriors said, okay. And they came back with, what was it, 14-0 run or something like that. KD scored 14 in the in the fourth quarter, scored seven unanswered by himself to close the game. And it was, it was just like the Warriors took the Cavs' best punch and still came away with that game like, like champions do. And it just left me thinking like, man, I don't know what all the fussing was about because this Cleveland team is just not on the same level as the Warriors. But when you look at the Golden State Warriors, just look at what they have with KD and Curry and Thompson and Draymond. It's kind of hard to match up with that. I mean, you think about you have the three top shooters in the NBA. And and when I'm thinking three-point shooters, those with accuracy, I'm thinking the Currys and the Clay and the Durant. And the only other person I'll add to that category or – Quickly, my mind will be Kyle Korver, and we see what he is. So that is your. That's what you're going against. You're going against KD. We know KD is a top three player in the league. We know Curry's potentially a top. Is can be considered a top three player in the league. I'd say he's and top you're going, three. And you're going against both of them. Mm-hmm. And they're playing at this high level. What do? You, what can you do? <laughs> right. That's and that's my point. I mean. We so many people went into this series, mind you, with, with respect to LeBron, with respect to the Cavs being the reigning champs, and respect to and remembering rather the way they came back last year in the finals. But I think it's it's just been so obvious that the Cavs are just not on the Warriors level. I mean, the Cavs looked. Like, they were no match for the Warriors last year until all of a sudden they were. They went down 3-1. Warriors were in complete control of that series. It took a whole confluence of things to happen in order for the Cavs to come back and, and make that miraculous comeback. And like I said, it was miraculous. And you just couldn't bank on that same thing happening again this year. And then the Warriors are even better this year. Than they were last year. Yeah, think about what LeBron said today. LeBron said they had an awesome team, and you just took you had a team that was made already, and you add KD on top of that. So, mm-hmm. I mean, so and then, I mean, Cleveland didn't expect that to happen. 
they you know they were like all right you know we can beat this cast this um this golden state team in fact the year before that lebron was like i almost beat y'all myself when <laughs> you think about it so we think we have the formula of how to beat you but now you got this seven foot tall guy who can shoot and score almost at will you don't have an answer for that and when you look at cleveland they don't I'm not a fan of Cleveland's team, to be honest. Um, I hear you. I mean, I'm not a fan of J.R. Smith or Shumpert, and they got D. Will, which five years ago, six years ago, I probably would have been very impressed. But, you know, we needed D. Will. Kyle Corver, same thing, five, six years ago, maybe. Jefferson, maybe eight years ago. It, it's a. <laughs> Yeah. It's a team. It's a team that is. It's an older team, and you can see the the look in their eyes when they get the ball. There's no confidence. There, there's no confidence in any of those shots, and it's frustrating. It's a very, it's a very frustrating brand of basketball. It, it's almost like they seem defeated after game one. Well, yeah, because even in game one. All the three of these games, really, you know, in the first two games, I know last night Love had a tough night shooting, and I want to get to that later. Um, but he was still strong in the glass, had a tough game shooting. Um, but in the first two games, he was money. He he was getting you about twenty points per game in the first two games of the series. Kyrie was getting you about twenty points per game. I mean, you weren't getting much from the role players, but you know, LeBron was still LeBron. Your top three players were playing fairly well and you're losing by 20 plus points exactly i mean yeah, you know and, turning the ball over playing sloppy um and yeah they scored 20 points but i mean those 20 points it was a it wasn't a, a loud 20 points for lack of a better term there were there were twenty points, but I'm like okay, you got your free throws, you got a couple shots here and there, but it didn't make much of a difference. No, I, I think that's it was especially true in Kyrie's case. I, I thought Love was making a bit of a difference, especially on the road with the team like having very little bench support. I thought he he was really like he was really helping. That it not get even worse out of hand, um, and then last night, uh, I, I don't know. I I felt like they changed the way they were using love last night. I felt like they decided that Kevin Love was going to be Channing Fry since they couldn't put Channing Fry on the court. Right. And I, I saw that. And I didn't like that plan at all. I really didn't. Yeah, I thought they could have switched it up. Even if you felt like, okay, at least for the first half or for stretches, you wanted him to be that Chan and Fry type, hang by the three-point line and just wait for your shot. But we know that Love is capable of so much more. We know when he's Clearly. You know, is back to the basket, he's that kind of player. Granted, it's not sustainable, but you got to give those looks. If you get those looks a few times – that can actually you know, give you some moments where you can rest up a little bit, catch your breath for a second, 
allow Kevin Love to get some of his shots in instead of having him just camp out by a three-point line. Yeah, and I mean, if you want Love to to take those three-pointers, you don't just camp him out on the baseline or on the wing. Like, put him in pick-and-pop scenarios. You know, get him get him uh, showing on a on an elbow post up and then leaking out to the wing. Like, do things where he's like in rhythm for these shots and not just standing there waiting like five possessions before he touches the ball. Yeah, and I, and, I, and that's what I felt was happening too much. They, I mean, LeBron was give trying to get get them their shots in their spot, and especially after you saw that love was off. Mm-hmm. And he was missing those shots. To me, that's when you have to say, all right, let's make the adjustment. You know what? You're missing these shots. All your shots right now are three-point shots. Let me try to get you some rhythm. Let me feed you the ball inside. All mm-hmm. right, after you get a few shots, all right. Now, all right, now we're going to try to go back to where we were before. But if your rhythm, your mindset is to camp out by a three-point line and just becoming a, a spot-up shooter – you're taking him out the game. Let him put the ball on the floor a little bit. Let him create his shot. He has the ability to do it. Yeah. So just let him do it. And we didn't see that. Now, I don't think that's the reason they lost. But it didn't I think help either, though. It didn't help, right. Yeah. So, and then there's the, the other elephant in the room. What, what's, what has happened to Tristan Thompson this series? Tristan Thompson, that's an interesting one. Um, because especially when they go in their big lineup with Zaza McGee, I think that's when Tristan Thompson should be, you know, grabbing his boards. Even when they go small, they try to they try to keep Tristan Thompson on the floor because he can at least get out of the paint and move around a little bit. But I don't know. I mean, not grabbing any rebounds. That's the thing, yeah. No rebounds. I mean, we already know he's not a, a rim protector. He's a body, but yeah. at the same time, you, know, you got to – and that was his calling card for the past few years. You know, he was good on the offensive glass. He was given to get those rebounds, yeah. keep – you know, give you second, third opportunities, and this time getting a lot of tips. He's not doing anything. He's almost yeah. – he disappeared. I mean, Curry has more rebounds than Tristan Thompson in this series. Embarrassing. I don't know if you yeah. saw that stat, but – Oh, Yeah. It's embarrassing. You heard what you heard what Charles Barkley said. Charles what? Barkley said, "Man, you know, I'm I'm big, fat, but give me a jersey, I give you three rebounds." <laughs> I know, I know, <laughs> and, and it's true because, and and I and that's the that's the thing is like when when we understand that this series might be a little tough for him given the the matchups, but you know, excluding Durant, this is the same team that he was dominating the glass against last year in the finals right and played pretty well two years ago too in the finals um he he's been kind of a problem for um the war the warriors to to deal with uh, especially when they went small I, he was kind of too big for draymond it, when when the cat when the warriors would go small um even when the other bigs he, he was still able to get rebounds i mean i don't I can't really say that Zaza Petruli is just killing him like that either. You know, I think it's, I think it's the way he's being used, perhaps. But also too, he just doesn't. He just doesn't look up up to snuff. He just doesn't look like 
the guy they they paid for right now. Right. And so my thing is, do we keep making excuses for him? You know, I mean, he got he got that good contract. I didn't at the time. I didn't think he should have gotten that contract, and he got it. And he had since that contract, he had one good year. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I know you probably agree with me. You probably felt like, all right, you know, I'm not sure. I and I and I like Tristan Thompson. Don't get me wrong, but. I don't think he's performing the way I think he's capable of performing. And so is he a possible candidate to be traded during the offseason? I mean, I think you have to consider that. Um, I don't know if you want to go there yet on uh, what the Cavs do moving forward. But I do want to talk about a couple of these guys. And I do feel like the expiration date has kind of run out on some of these Cavalier role players. And not not expiration to run out like they're old or or washed up because Tristan Thompson's not old or washed up. He's like 25, 26. I think he's 26 years old. Um, So he's still young. But, you know, him, J.R. Smith, Iman Shumpert, these guys, I really feel like the true versions of themselves are kind of coming out now. I think last year you got to see all of them in a unexpected, motivated frame of mind. And I think and I think losing in 2015 and feeling like maybe you, you left something on the table there and that that team was beatable after seeing how well you competed with them without Kyrie and Love, I think that was motivation and I think all of them were kind of motivated, like we we didn't like the way things left off, and they wanted, you know, they wanted payback. You saw that with Jr. Jr. was motivated last year in the finals, played really good defense, defense he'd never played before in his life, you know. And they paid him accordingly this summer after the holdout, after all that nonsense. They still paid him pretty well. And think about this: they got Jr. Smith for another three years after the season. Horrible. And we're over here congratulating him because he hit, because he because he hit what made like 12, 14 points last night. I mean, you you expect more from him. He's been capable of doing more than that. Shumper, he's still good on defense, but every year his offensive skills just seems to erode more and more. Like he doesn't even know it doesn't even look like he knows how to handle the ball anymore. Yeah, like what happened? I don't know. I really don't know. And I know he he became more and more of a spot-up shooter the longer he's been on the Cavs. But now they need him to do more because Darren Williams, they can't play Darren Williams. Yeah. They can't play him as a backup point guard. So now they're trying to hope that they can use Shumpert kind of in this combo hybrid mode where he can run a little bit of point so they can save Kyrie on the bench for a few minutes and maybe not so much save Kyrie but get a little more defense in there and and he's just th- throwing the ball away taking terrible shots like you're better off just not even putting the ball in his hands and then that, then that makes you five on four on offense and you're going five on four because of a guard not a center so so that yeah so so those three guys those were big they were all big components to this Cleveland run, but I, th- 
honestly, I feel like the you know the shine has come off on those guys. But I also was a little curious to see how they would perform this year in the finals because, um, especially Jr. and and Shumpert, because those have never been the guys that are good self motivators. Those have always been the guys that always left you wanting more. You always felt like they weren't living up to their potential. And now you have them in a situation where they already have a ring. They already have a ring and they already got paid. And they're going up against a team that everyone says is a super team and they, should, they, they shouldn't be anyway. And they're paid. They got their ring already. Even if they lose this year, they're like, well, I, I'm a champion already. And I and I really feel like those guys are the type of guys to feel that way and to think like that. And then Tristan Thompson, well, you know, he's dating a Kardashian, so take that for however you will. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and and these are guys LeBron has hung his championship hopes on. And we're seeing where that's getting him now. Yeah, I I mean I understand where he came from when he when LeBron felt like you know these are my boys these are my you know these guys are gonna these are, they're rough they're they're tough and he felt like all right you know these are the guys you know we gotta play tough and physical basketball these guys are gonna be there to play that brand of basketball but I agree with you J.R. Smith to me he has to go he. Yeah, he can't stay on that. He, what you like from J.R. Smith is J.R. Smith is a good shooter, and he gets hot. He's a heat check guy, mm-hmm. and when he's hot, he's hot. You know, he can take shots and and he can create. But you mentioned it, motivation. It doesn't seem like he's motivated. It doesn't seem like he is confident in creating that shot. And he started the NBA Finals last year the same way. He wasn't confident in his shot. He had a, a later on in the series, he had some big games. He started making some big shots. And you need that all the time. Shumpert never was a fan of Shumpert. I never was a fan of him when he was on New York. I know they tried to use him as a point guard. Um, it just didn't fit. I, I still think he has value, but if you can't provide that spark off the bench and you don't have a role in the starting lineup, then I feel like your role on a championship team is pretty much useless. You're, you're, you don't have a role. And you kind of see that now when you have D will out there and I mean, he's been awful. <laughs> D will has been awful. And so you're now struggling to find that. And then Thompson, I like I said, I, I like him. I just think that his game hasn't progressed enough where I think, like you said, 25, 26. I think he came in the league the same year as Kyrie. I, yeah, they drafted them the same year because they had two picks that year. So that was 2011, I believe. Either that year or they drafted him the same year as Waiters. But I think you're right. It was the same year as Kyrie. So, I mean, where's your progression? You know, okay, you're a a big guy who can get 
rebounds. You're not doing that, so then what exactly are you doing? Right. That's my problem. Yeah. You know, so I mean, these are some of the concerns, you know, and and then your team is older. You know, you look you're, you're looking at um Jefferson and you're looking at Corver. Mm-hmm. And Channing Fry, these are guys you have to get younger. Where do they go to get younger? Mm, I I don't know. What are you giving up to get younger? Everyone we just mentioned. <laughs> is that gonna get you? Is that gonna get you what you need though? Is that gonna get you? Is that gonna get you younger players that are gonna make your team better? Is the question? Uh, because I don't know the names I've heard. You know, we can get into that. You know, but. Oh, by the way, yeah, you were right. Tristan Thompson was drafted the same year as Kyrie Irving. Number four pick overall, mind you. That was 2011? 2011. So Kyrie was one and he was four. He was one and he was four. So, mind you, it's not like we're talking about, like, some second-round dude who's, like, built himself up. Like, this was always a guy who was expected to be a starting caliber player in the NBA. He's a top four pick. You, you expect more from him. I mean, he's not even at a point where you could say he's having his best career numbers, and they're not even that good. I mean, he had, he, he had eight and nine, eight points, nine rebounds this year, and that's not even his best season. Because before LeBron came, he was doing 11 and nine, almost 12 and nine. His free throw percentage has regressed this year. Who knows what that's about? And you know, in the playoffs, you were, like we were saying, it's just eight and eight, which is okay. But he's a starting center for an NBA Finals team. Eight and eight is what I expect to get from McGee or Zaza. <laughs> Eight and eight, eight and eight for Tristan Thompson would be fine if he was still coming off the bench, but he's not coming right. off the bench anymore. He's the starting center for this team. They need his rebounding; it's evaporated. I mean, Kevin Love's still rebounding, even though his shot was off yesterday. He was getting offensive rebound after offensive rebound. Yeah, I think he had thirteen. He had thirteen rebounds for the game. I remember one, it was one possession where I think he got three consecutive offensive rebounds. Right for for the Cavs. And and that was when they were that was when they were turning things around. They took the lead, and it was making a difference. And and that's like Tristan Thompson's like whole role. He just keeps going for rebounds, keep throwing bodies around, and and that's how he and that's how he succeeds. But it's, he's just not doing it this this year in the finals. And I you I mean, he's young enough that he could be moved, but he he's getting paid like a superstar. Right. He's getting paid like a superstar, but playing like an average center. Yeah, they signed him to a five-year, $82 million deal two summers ago. Yep. And that was after they signed Kevin Love to like a five-year, $100 million deal, something along those lines. So... He's not even making that much less than Kevin Love on his team, who's exactly. considered part of the quote-unquote big three, even though they don't really use him as 
like a big three person sometimes. And yeah, so you you, you talked about moving Tristan, Shumper, and JR. I don't know what kind of player that gets you though. Do you hope that you can get like mellow for that? Do you want mellow? I would want mellow over those three guys. Over those three guys, yeah, but I think of course you want talent, but I also think you want to get younger. I'll tell you this. If if I could if I was the Cavs and I could get Carmelo Anthony without moving Kevin Love, I would do it. Oh, in a heartbeat. Because now, then yeah. your team is Kyrie, LeBron, Melo, and, and Kevin Love. Those are your best. Those are your top four guys. And then you you could actually maybe even open up some money to sign some better role players. Actually, you know, get actual like three and D players. Get two way role players because that's the biggest problem with this Cleveland Cavalier team to me. They have a lot of specialists. But the two-way players are just non-existent on this roster. And this is why they're getting killed. The only time they've gone small to try and help their offense, and it was somewhat working for them, was last night when they went with the five-man, with the small ball lineup of Tristan, LeBron, JR, Kyrie, and Shumpert. But even there, you're still keeping three of your starters in there. And then they would swap Tristan with Love. That was the only time they were really making a dent. But the first two games, they tried to do this small ball lineup where they had Darren and Corver and Fry in the game, and they were just giving up basket after basket. And it was laughable. And then the problem with that is you go small to try and keep pace with the scoring of the Warriors, but the Warriors' small lineup still has a ton of defense. Exactly. And really isn't that small when you think about it because you got Curry, a 6'4", 6'5 point guard. You got Klay Thompson, a 6'7 shooting guard. You got Iguodala, a 6'7 small forward. Then you got Durant, who's a 7-footer, and Draymond, who's 6'9. And they all have they all have decent to um, above-average wingspans. Yep. So they're not sacrificing size to increase their scoring, but you are. And you're sacrificing what little defense you have. You need you need guys like Shumpert and Jr. in the game. You can't you can't try and get away with Corver. I mean Corver he's had some good moments, but I I don't feel like that was really a big deal for them to get. They already had three point shooting, and they got a three point shooter who, especially at this point in his career, he's like thirty five, and was never a great athlete, was never a great defender, and he's at a point where he can't just he can really do nothing against this team at all on the defensive end and all of this offense all of this uh stuff they were talking about leading up to the finals you know people were even talking about how the Cavs defense had improved and that was all fool's gold to me because I saw them play that Pacers series and that Indiana Pacers team came back every single time even though it was a sweep right the Pacers had the third best offensive rating in the playoffs, and they were a f- first round sweep to the Cavs. So I really didn't buy that the Cavs defense was solved. And then Toronto, 
Toronto just laid down, and they made their game plan so basic that it was easy for the Cavs to stop. When your best player is just refusing to shoot threes and trying to get into the paint, it's a, it's, you already know how to play them. And they just didn't, and the Raptors just didn't have the firepower to keep up with the Cavs, so they could outshoot them. And then their point, their their point differential was high because of their scoring, not necessarily because they were doing anything great on the defensive end. And then Boston, you know, they were playing against a compromised Isaiah Thomas, who wasn't even there anymore after this, after Game Two. And that 50-point blowout really skewed, you know, their defensive numbers as well. So basically what I'm saying is this is still the same. This was always the same bad defensive team we were talking about in the regular season. It just wasn't going to matter until the finals. And now it matters, and now everyone's like, oh, yeah, that's right. This team can't play defense. Yeah, I think people have short-term memory because they don't remember at the end of the regular season that team struggled. And just because now they stepped it up, they stepped it up in the Eastern Conference when it came for the playoffs, then everyone all of a sudden were like, oh, you know, you said, oh, they got, they're good. They got their problem solved. They're ready. But now it's all openly exposed. There's really, when you think about it, as you mentioned, they're a small team. And you're you're entering a league right now. This league is, they're getting bigger. Like the one team I really wanted them to play in the Eastern Conference was Milwaukee. Because I wanted to see how they would deal with all that length. That's Yeah. And and I'm not sure how they were going to deal with all that length on that team. And right now, I think when they go back and they look at the team and they try to reevaluate, they're going to see that, yeah, we have Smith and we have Shumpert and we need length. And we, like you mentioned, 3D guys, we need speed. We need guys who can keep up. But we also need guys who are not afraid to take a shot. And immediately they're looking for just the superstar. You know, you, mm-hmm. you, you hear the Carmelo talk. I've heard, we heard the Paul George talk. I even heard a little Jimmy Butler talk, which mm. I don't see that happening either. So. So here's all the talk you have. Of course, with those kind of talks, the first player they're going to ask about is Kevin Love or Kyrie. Rightly you're so. Not, right, and you're not going to get those. So, And then you're talking about the, those players you mentioned, Smith and Shumper. You can't talk to the Knicks about that because they got rid of those guys, so they're not going to take them back. <laughs> and so, well, well, don't say that. I mean, Phil might be so ready to get rid of Melo. He'll, he'll take those guys back. That'll be crazy. I mean, he wasn't the ones that. Well, he was the ones that traded them, right? Yeah. Yeah, he was. So. Yeah, he did. He did. Yep. But I, said, I would. Yeah, I think. I think that would be crazy for him to do that. But again, in his attempt to get rid of a uh, mellow, maybe he'll say, "You know what? I'm not getting any other value from him. I'm only gonna get." Second round picks or whatnot. Well, instead of me getting second round picks, let me get some players who have a quote-unquote championship pedigree who can probably thrive in a triangle environment i don't know nah <laughs> yeah i mean i i agree with you i don't think jr and shump would end up back on the Knicks, but you know maybe phil would take a deal like tristan thompson k felder 
and like future picks for Melo. Yeah. Hey, if, if they do it, then you have another guy on your team who is not afraid to shoot the ball, not afraid of the big moment. And I, I'm curious to see how all that will play out. But if that's your answer for KD being on Golden State, then, hey, why not? Go for it, especially if you're not giving up much. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's, that would probably – I mean, honestly, when we look at all of the realistic moves they could make to improve, that seems like the most likely one to me. Trading for Melo, um, I don't think that brings them back into the conversation versus Warriors. To be honest, it makes them better, but they would have to do a lot of other things to to. Uh, they can't just trade for Melo. Like they would still have to try and move Jr. and move Shumpert in and other and other deals. But that would at least get them in the conversation, I would think, where you're getting a little closer. You still need you still need, still need those two way players, but now you have at least more horses to compete. And actually, bringing Melo in, I think, would be a good thing because bringing Melo in would reinforce that they can't play the Warriors style of basketball to beat the Warriors. Right. Because you're not going to do run and gun with Melo. You're not. Oh, no. You're going to do a very tempoed, slow, you know, slow-paced game. A lot of sets, of course, a lot of ISO. But guess what? That's kind of what Cleveland resorted to at some points yesterday. They got back into that into ISO. You saw, mm-hmm. you know, Kyrie. It's the only thing that works ball. for them. It's the only thing that works for them. Yeah, I mean, you saw you saw several times yesterday. You know, LeBron had the ball, and I'm watching it. The rest of the team is just standing there, mm-hmm. and, I can, and you can see him yelling like, "Come on, move!" You know, give me a pick, do something like that. They're like, all right, we're in our spots. And I was like, all right, guys, can y'all move? Can y'all do something? Yeah. It's just, yeah, they need, I don't want to say blow it up because I don't believe this is one of those situations, but they they are going to have to have a hard look in the mirror. And this is a team that cannot resort to waiting to around the trade trade deadline looking for players who are let go and kind of like what they did with D-Will and Mm -hmm. with they're going to have to plan a little better than that. They're going to have to make some moves during the offseason and not just rest on what they have. In fact, they were so busy last year with the fact that they won a championship, they didn't do really do anything to improve their team. They kind of said, look, we got our squad. All right. Yeah, during the season they got Kyle Corver. I won't really call that an upgrade considering you had Dunleavy before that. But – they while they were busy, you know, popping champagne, the Warriors out there getting KD. Yeah, and I mean, well, I'll, I'll pump the brakes on you on that on, on one thing. I mean, if you won the championship, I don't think you should really get any heat 
for not improving your team. It's it's pretty much more of uh, of a thing to make sure you keep the team intact. Now, if they could have gotten another superstar, perhaps, then I guess, yeah, they should have done that. But I don't see what deal was available. Like, the deal everyone talked about was Chris Paul for Kyrie. And after Kyrie Irving just had that NBA Finals performance, are you trading him for Chris Paul? No, and and that's the thing, too. You're saying, oh, we're going to trade a, a tw- 25-year-old point guard for a 32-year-old uh, yeah. point guard and say, all right, here we go. I, I would never do that. Who's coming and, up on a new contract this summer. Exactly. But but what I'm saying to that, what I'm saying is that other teams around you are getting better. And you have to, at the same time, find ways to make your team better. Hey, if I won a championship, yeah, I'm going to try to keep the players who got me there. But I'm also going to keep a lookout to see what other ways I can get better. Now, in the case that. of in the case of Cleveland, it's not like they could have signed anybody, really. No, they're so capped out and they're so over the luxury tax. Right. What I will say though is, I think the pe- the the names they added this year, like the Kyle Korver, like the Darren Williams, I think those were not the right names to add. No. Uh, you know because. You know, they doubled down on the one thing they did well, which was shoot the ball and score. And I don't know if that was Dave Griffin's idea, Tyron Lue's idea, LeBron's idea. I mean, it probably was LeBron's idea, for being honest. But they basically constructed this team like, okay, we got to score, we got to score, we got to outscore these guys. And if you're paying attention to anything the Warriors are doing, you can't just simply try to outscore that team. It's not going to work. You know, this this is they're basically this Cavs team a better version of the Houston Rockets. Exactly. You know, they have a better star in LeBron to James Harden and they have better secondary stars in Kyrie and Kevin Love. But the fundamentals are the basics of the team are kind of similar. They spread the floor, they're just looking to shoot threes all the time, and they play very little to any defense at all. And they're going up against a Warriors team that is one of the best defensive teams in the league and one of the best offensive teams in the league. I I I just I think the way the Spurs like a Spurs team is building is a much smarter route to go to go on to try and come out ahead against the Warriors and how the Cavs have been building this past year. Right. See so that I I think that I still feel like there's still improvement to be made. I'm still curious as to what they can do this offseason. And and this is the thing with the Cavs too. If they can't make the improvements, like like let's say Cleveland is not even trying to get rid of Tristan. They're like, you know, we'll give you we'll give you Shumpert and JR back with some future picks from Melo. You know, we'll throw Kay Felder in there too, so you have a promising young player. What if that's all that they're willing to do? 
because, you know, Tristan Thompson, they invested in him and they want to keep him. And then Phil's like, no, no way. I'm not doing that. I need Tristan Thompson or nothing at all. Then you're not getting Melo. I don't really see what offer you can make to get Paul George even as a rental that doesn't involve Tristan Thompson or Kevin Love. And so any trade you make this year, you're going to have to sacrifice something you don't want to, which is going to kind of not necessarily make you a better team because you gave up something you needed to keep in order to get this player. So there's a world where they, they can't make these these level of improvements. They make a couple of more moves on the margins to try and get better. They may, They, you know, succeed in the East yet again, but they're just clearly no level of competition for the Warriors. And in that summer, 2018, LeBron's a free agent. Oh, you heard about that too, didn't you? Well, it's been it's hey, I I know how long his contract lasts. We all do. Uh-huh. Um and I didn't think this would ever really be a possibility again. But I can I can't see LeBron getting washed out of this finals. Then potentially not making the finals next year or having the same thing repeat again next year in the finals against the same Warriors team, have his contract come up and be perfectly fine staying in Cleveland. Can you see that? No. I think he's going to reevaluate his circumstances. I I think he's going to try to find a way to get younger. And if he sees that the pieces aren't coming together – the way he would have hoped, he's going to make he's gonna make some moves. He's gonna for him for himself. Now whether or not that's the rumor that we're hearing LA or whether that's another team, I think he's gonna keep his options open. Whether that's playing with some of his friends, I mean, I don't necessarily think that's a good idea a year from now, but maybe that's an idea he has. Mm-hmm. I think all that's going to be on the table, especially if he feels that right now where we are, I we can't compete with what they have over there in Golden State. And this is and Golden State's a team that should remain intact for several years. Yeah, there's no there's no reason why they shouldn't. Right. I mean, we're going to talk about Golden State too. Um, but I we I think we should finish on, up on this thought about LeBron first before we go into them. Oh, absolutely. Um, but. Ugh, man, so the rumor to LA, I don't see it. One, I don't see him going to the Lakers, and two, I just don't, I just don't get why he would think going to the Clippers would be a better situation. I mean, yeah, he would get to play with Chris Paul, but that's about it. We don't even know if Blake Griffin's gonna be there by then. Um, so it would be him, Chris Paul, DeAndre Jordan, and whatever else they've put together in the next year or so. Um, We'll see. I mean, there's some interesting other things going on. Like, I've heard there's the potential that Jerry West could join the L.A. Clippers front office as soon as this summer. 
and relinquish, relinquish Doc of his president duties and just keep him on as the head coach. I heard that's a possibility, especially since there's really nothing else for him to do with the Warriors. He he did his job. He got KD there. He he helped them orchestrate this scenario where they have several superstars that are in their prime and in under contract for the next few years. So maybe he's looking for a new challenge and you know, maybe maybe a Clippers team with Chris Paul and DeAndre Jordan and Jerry West pulling the strings is enticing to LeBron. It was it was enticing to KD, and we all know who what was the real reason he went to Miami in, in the first place, and now it's because he was enticed by Pat Riley, who was pulling the strings in Miami. So maybe he maybe he likes to gravitate to those type of power figures in the NBA. Yeah, I I don't see it happening. That's the only way I see it happening is if he's just really like, well, Jerry West, Jerry West is doing big things on the Clippers, and I think I think we can make moves if I go there. That's the only way. But here's the crazy thing, and this is where we start talking about his legacy a little bit. Not we're not gonna deep dive into it, but just just a thought. There's a scenario now where you know LeBron. Unless they perform the greatest comeback ever, after they already repeated the greatest come after they already already completed the greatest comeback last year, if they surpass that with coming back from a three zero deficit, unless that happens, LeBron is now going to be three out of eight in NBA Finals appearances. Now, on one hand, eight Finals appearances is amazing and it deserves its own credit. At the same time, he's only won three and lost five. It's not a great record. Then, as we're saying, we don't know what Cleveland can do to, to improve, to dethrone the Warriors next year. Then we're talking about how he's going to make sure to find the best situation for himself in 2018, right? But if he doesn't stay on the Cavs, where does he go that instantly gives him the firepower to compete with Golden State and keep going back to the finals and getting more shots at the championship? Outside of Cleveland? Yeah. There ain't that many places to go. That's my thing. So are we really... Are we really hitting a scenario where we've seen LeBron win his last championship in his career? That's actually a realistic thing. That's actually something to think about because they, considering what's going on in the West, there is the chance that this is that was the last championship he was going to win. And granted, I think what he the championship he won last year is the biggest one he's won, and I think that cemented him. Oh yeah, he's good. He's good. He's good. He he brought a championship to a city that hadn't won in decades, half a century longer. So he's good. I mean, he doesn't have to worry about buying a drink in Cleveland ever again. Yeah, but (laughs) is he gonna is he gonna win another one? I I don't know, and I don't know where he would go that would make him, you know. Yeah, I don't know where he would go. I mean, I think 
staying in Cleveland is his best option. Other than that, I don't know where he'll go. I mean, I know you mentioned the best place if he told about going to LA is the Clippers. I mean, I think if he's going to LA, I think the spot he'll go with would be the, the Lakers. But hmm. I, yeah, I know you don't like that. I I just I don't see it. I mean, unless Paul George is there, and you know we you know we finally hit that spot where the Lakers are trying to compete again. You know, but that time at that point he's. 34, going to be 35. How much money is he looking for? Are, are Magic, is Magic Johnson really, like, welcoming him with open arms at that point? Like, come on in. I don't uh, know. I think LeBron is honest what he said. He said right now, you know, he's just chasing the ghosts, that being Jordan. And he said he just used that as motivation. And really, he said he had nothing else to prove. I honestly think he feels that. And I don't think him going to another team to chase a championship is probably what, is what he's going to look for. I, I mm. can't see him. I can't see him leaving Cleveland. But is he chasing the championship ghost or is he chasing the numbers ghost? The number what, getting six rings? No, I mean the numbers like total points, total rebounds, career, playoff career stats. I think he's more chasing that Michael Jordan ghost than the six rings. And rightly so. I, I that that's this could open up another whole debate, but I think him getting the individual achievement would mean more to me than the actual getting the six championships more mean more to him personally, or you think would mean more in the big picture in terms of his legacy? I think more, you know, honestly, I think, well, it depends who you talk to. Cause some people like to pull out the, the championship count as like, you know, my guy has six championships. How many your guy has? And it's like, Oh, okay, great. But I think for him, the individual achievement will matter more. I could agree it means more to him. I don't think it would mean more in the big picture. I don't think if he has, like, the total points, total rebounds, whatever, he's automatically the greatest player ever. No. Because, you know, to me, those numbers mean more that you got to play longer than other greats, not that you were necessarily greater than them. And in some, in some respects, yeah. And there could be a whole number of reasons why that would, why that happened. Like, for instance, Jordan took two hiatuses. Maybe if he didn't do that, his numbers wouldn't be reachable for LeBron right now. These that is th- true. These are things to consider, you know. And then when he came back, he played for a pretty bummy Wizards team. So, you know, maybe That's if he on. had stayed in Chicago the whole time and, you know, um, you know, the baby bulls like Ben Gordon and Kirk Heinrich helped carry his 36-year-old frame back to the playoffs, he would have gotten some better numbers, you know? Hey, there's a lot of we don't know. So, and, and, that's so what, and that's what makes the NBA what it is, the right. what is. I mean, but you're I, saying, you know, what if he didn't 
retire? Yeah. What if Manny didn't get HIV? What if Larry Bird hired someone to sh- shovel his parents' driveway? These yes. are all those. Yes. <laughs> these are yes. all the questions of what ifs. That's that a great what if. If Larry Bird pays somebody else to shovel <laughs> his parents' driveway. <laughs> these are all the what ifs we have to ask, and and if those things did not happen we could be talking about a complete different narrative right about now. Mm-hmm. But seeing how Jordan did take his two hiatuses and he came back and, you know, he played on a Bulls team and they played extremely well. I mean, that's good for him. And maybe he would have had more counting stats. Um, That's true. Also, I I'm not one to knock Jordan. I, I never will. And and I think LeBron getting his numbers, it's something for him. I don't know if anyone else or everyone else really looks at that because I think some people look at the players. And I think the debate as to who's the greatest really, really isn't much of a conversation in my opinion. I don't know if you feel the same way, but I think there are much better questions to be asking, you know. And well, to, to, yeah, that. I agree with that. I mean, personally, I feel like Cavs getting swept, this if they get swept, or even if they lose in five, I think that that just has to stop the GOAT conversation for a while. Just, just, just leave it alone, you know. It's going to stop it for a while. Just for... Just for till next season, right? Right. I, I would. I would at least like that. I would at least like it to stop until the next year's playoffs or something. Because this, uh, this the talk was kind of getting crazy. It was. It's kind of. It was kind of bothering me a bit. So you know, if, if, if they get swept, let's stop that talk. All right. What prompted the the talk anyway? What like? Because the whole thing is like if. LeBron beat this Cavalier, I mean, this Warriors team, does that put him above MJ? Because MJ never played a team as great as this Warriors team in the 90s. That was basically the criteria, and that's what a lot of the talk was, you know, the week leading up to game one. And that talk has gone away because they've gotten trashed, you know, and now it's 3 0. And, you know, so much for that. You know, although people still act, they still want to say, well, you know, who's to say Jordan could have beat this Warriors team? And I don't really think that's fair. Even if you go by the numbers, it's a different era. They played in different times. You can't tell me that if Jordan did, if Jordan played in this era, he couldn't surpass the numbers that guys like LeBron and these other guys put up. Yeah, in and in a league where a hand checks a foul, you, you couldn't put a hand on Jordan. So what are you going to do? And then if you bring Curry back to that NBA where they actually can play him more physical, I don't think Kyrie, uh, Kyrie, uh, Curry is going to have that that space. He's Mark he Price. Now. Yeah. He's, he's Mark Price if there's hand checking. I mean, not to knock him, Mark Price was a great shooter, but – you know, he couldn't take over a game even though he was that great of a shooter because of the way the game was played. And also, you're talking about pace, too. You know, a lot of a lot of these counting stats like assists, rebounds, and stuff like that, all of that gets elevated because of the pace you're playing at, too. 
you know, more possessions um, during the game means more shots taken, means more rebounds, means more assists. That's just exactly. that's just simple math, you know. So I, I don't I don't like those comparisons because they try to use the stats to compare, and and even if you go by per one hundred possessions, you're you're not truly accounting for the style of play in each era. And I think we have to remember that and stop trying to compare this. I know um, Magic Johnson came with the hot take and he said that his 80s Lakers would sweep this Warriors team. And I think he was just saying that to get a rise out of people. But at the end of the day, it's hyperbolic. You know, you, you can't say that, you can't say that because there's no way to prove it. And that doesn't matter how great your 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 team was. It's it's you know it's having blinders on to feel like you would just sweep anybody. Better yeah. yet, better yet, what is he supposed to say? Yeah, what else is he gonna say? I mean, he's oh, very no. fond of he's very fond yeah. of his championship teams, and he doesn't want anyone to try and act like any other championship team was better than his, right? Yeah, ask any championship team. Hey, do you think your team could beat this team? Of course, we'll beat this team. Yeah, that's that's just common sense. You you have to say that. So I don't even I don't even take that as a hot take. I think he just said what he's supposed to say. Yeah, it would have been a hot take if he said no. <laughs> <laughs> I get you. I get you. So that's one thing. Um, another thing is people are asking if Curry and Durant are the greatest duo ever, which is funny because they haven't even won this series yet. But I'm going to say no. Do they have potential to be? Yes, but it's a very high bar that they have to clear because we're talking about guys like Magic and Kareem, Jordan and Pippen, Shaq and Kobe. I mean, those. I think those are like the top three duos right there. Yeah, and even Shaq, you know, Shaq and Kobe. Like, can I can't even see Durant and Curry surpassing Shaq and Kobe. I can't either. I give you, I give you one better. Okay, hit me. Westbrook and Durant. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, that was that was a good one. That was a good one. <laughs> But you know, give gotta give credit to Curry. He'll be a two-time NBA champion. Now he'll be he'll be a two-time MVP, a unanimous MVP. I love Westbrook. He can't say he has those those things in his in his belt. No. So I would say at least I would at least say Durant and Curry can be a better duo than Durant and Westbrook. Oh yeah, I just said that just yeah. for. <laughs> But, I don't believe that. But, you know, they do have potential. But, you know, here's the thing um, that's very interesting with this duo. Like, Durant, he's more than likely the finals MVP. I would say it's like a 99% certainty, especially after he hit that three last night and went on that 7-0 run by himself. I think that kind of solidified it, especially with his numbers. Curry's been having a great series, too, but... Durant putting Game 3 away, I think, sealed it in terms oh, yeah. of MVP. 
So he's going to get the MVP. He's been the best player in this series. You know, we're, you know, people are going to ask the question, you know, is Durant better than LeBron now? But when you think about LeBron, when you think about Durant, rather, he's top two, top three in the league, depending who you ask. Um, he's got, he's an amazing player, but no one's even thinking about asking where does Durant fall in like top 10, top five all-time NBA. And no one's going to ask that question about Curry. And they're going to have great numbers and they're going to look really good and they're going to be an amazing duo. I think they're going to they're going to be in that pantheon of duos, but they're not going to hit that that top 3 echelon. No, not in NBA history. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. So, so how long will this warrior dominance last? Ooh, how long? It will last, I'm going to say, two two years, two more years. Yeah, I'm going to say two to three years, including this year. So, like, if they win two more, that'll be three in a row. That's that's pretty legit when you're talking about dynasties to win three in a row. Um, if not, or maybe they'll win, like, three out of four or three out of five or something like that. That's still, then you start talking about them more like in that Spurs type of dynasty where they didn't keep winning back to back, but they won a bunch over a small amount of time. Right. Um, but yeah, they, they're going to be the prohibitive favorites next year, the year after that, depending who wants to get paid and leave, maybe the year after that too. Um, because you know, here's the thing: like guys like Iggy and Javale McGee, those guys, they're gonna move on, but Curry's still gonna be there. Durant's still gonna be there. Draymond's still gonna be there. Clay's still gonna be there. Um, and then they are still finding players like Ian Clark, Patrick McCaw, you know, <laughs> James McAdoo. Who, who can fill in minutes for them. They don't have to be stars, but they can be fine role players. Yeah, They're, exactly. You know, another thing with this team is they don't trade their picks. They don't. So they, they're, they're still drafting in the first round. Yeah, it's late in the first round, 29th, 30th pick. But they're still drafting in the first round. It's, this is something the Spurs did for the longest. They kept drafting. Even even if it was a low pick, they kept drafting these guys, and they had they had players that they could keep funneling into the machine. And I think that's what the Warriors are trying to do. They just kind of keep finding, you know, guys that can fit into the machine, can still fill some fill roles, fill minutes. You know, they get groomed. Maybe they ha- maybe they find a guy who is better than his draft stock, his draft position. They groom him. And maybe he can take a position as one of these other guys is uh, perhaps hitting, exiting their prime or hitting a point where the Warriors just don't want to pay them anymore or it's just not logical to pay them anymore. Um, there's, there's crazy options with this team. But, you know, nothing lasts forever. I thought Kobe and Shaq were going to win six straight rings. <laughs> and they could have if all they learned how to do was get along. But... Well, I mean, but, you know, that's the the dangerous thing is winning because once people win, 
they get a different opinion about themselves. And, you know, they're very determined to, to get that taste out of their mouth from last year. But when you take a guy like Clay or like Draymond, you know, they're on their second or third championship. Maybe they don't want to stay in Golden State no more. They're going to want to get paid. and or Not even just paid. They're going to want to prove that they're a star in their own right. Right. But and that's and that's the thing that remains to be seen. I'm curious to see. I mean, I think Golden State can get even better if that's even possible. Well, their starting Just, center is Zaza Pachulia, so they can get better. That's the thing. But now, think now, who do they have signed for next year? Oh, I, I don't. They, I don't remember. I, I'll tell you who. They, I'll tell you that they have. One of us did research. This is good. Yeah, consider. <laughs> Let's consider the fact. Let's assume that Durant opts out. Uh huh. And he probably will opt out. He said he's gonna You're opt out, but he's open to taking less to keep the team together. That's what he said. The only players you have signed on your team for next season, of note, is Clay and Draymond. Mm-hmm. Right. Other than that, you're talking about Damian Jones, Looney, and McCall. That's it. Mm-hmm. So, there's a possibility that your team could get even better. Because you, you're going to sign Durant. You're going to sign Curry back. It, that's the thing. You, you, they've got cap space. <laughs> <laughs> and they still have room to get better. Yeah. And then, you know, that in that 2018 season, Clay will be on his last year of his deal, you know, which is next season. So next next season he'll be in his walk year. No, not next yeah. two years. No, I was right. Two years from now. Two I years. mean, if you win another one next year, I could see you could even think about them trading Clay while he still got another year in his deal. Why not? And and getting stuff that keeps this this rolling, you know. It's, it's best that you do because mm-hmm. if you think about it, their team is open. I mean, they're losing. They're getting. I mean, what? Jason Thompson is seven is seven million dollars against the cap this year, and he's gone. Right. Livingston. I mean, they probably signed Livingston back. Well, you know, I'll, it depends because this is the thing: when you got a title winning team and you got all those role players, are gonna a lot of them are gonna get overpaid. Right. So then, and and that's and that's what happened with um, J.R. Smith. That's what he got paid. Yeah. And I kind of backfired enough. on him. But now you say you lose these guys. I mean, Iguodala's making eleven million dollars this year. Yeah. I don't see him getting that money next year. So, I mean, that's that's money that's going to other players, other free agents. Your team is going to get even better. I can't. You can't imagine that, but there's the possibility. Yeah, it's true. It's scary, man. That's that's scary. And I, I'm curious to see. You know, we talked about how, and I mentioned it, how it felt like the cast didn't do much during their um, during when they got their championship, they weren't as active in free agency and, and trading and all that stuff. 
I'm curious to see what Golden State does, considering now they have all this space and they got to get their guys signed back. I mean, who do they go after? Is there, you know, get some additional role players? Maybe they say, you know what, we need more length. Maybe we, you know, Iguodala gave us something. We're not going to sign him for that money anymore, but maybe they can find a player who's younger and can give them a similar value. Yeah, well, you know, we got to remember, too, Steph is going to be a big price jump for this team. Oh, yeah. Because Steph is at $12 million right now. Oh, yeah. He's at $12 million. He He won two MVPs, and you only pay him $12 million. He's going to get the max easy. He, I, I, you better give him the max. <laughs> you know, I, I, I Durant is being all nice saying, oh, yeah, you know, you know, I'll, I'll take a little cut. He needs to, though. Honestly, Curry, he needs to. <laughs> Curry hasn't said anything. Well, you already you got the, you already got the discount. This whole this whole championship run has been possible because of that Curry discount. Exactly. You know the, a, the chip they got in 2015, the chip they're about to get in 2017, the 73 wins. You know, being the having the best three run three year run ever statistically of any team in terms of wins and things like that. You got to do all that. You got to build all that because he took way less than he could have gotten because of the those ankle injuries earlier on. Yep, and now he's going to get paid. He's and and rightly so. And you know this team, they shouldn't expect him to take a pay cut. Now here's the thing too, though, he is in line for a lot of incentives because he is All NBA because he did get the MVPs, all of that. So he could theoretically take less and it still be more than like what most max players would get. And do you think he takes less? No. Because no. I think he's going to I think Warriors are gonna lock him up with the designated player contract. Yeah. Which gives them some cap provisions if they do that. I think they're going to do that um and it's going to give them a it's going to give them some room to play with to still sign some other players. And I you know Durant says he's taking he's going to take a, he's going to take less but less is not necessarily less because he's making 26 million now this year. He's due for 27 million next year. So, so he's going to take 25. Yeah, exactly. So he's going like, to take 25 <laughs> or 23, 24, you know? He's still, like, that's still more than what most of these guys are getting in the market. Yeah, I'll take $2 million less. And it's not like when LeBron that. was taking less, because LeBron was t- making, like, 18, 17 million when he took less. Right. And so, you know, the, you know, the cap is still growing, so... Yeah. Do you think they keep Iguodala? Oh, man. I think they're going to give him a contract that's going to be a pay cut. And I I, I can yeah. see him looking at it. I mean, when you think about it, they don't need him per se. Right. I mean, they could use him. But, I mean, you got KD. <laughs> I mean... It's like, all right, you know, you're good off the bench. You know, you give us some some burn, but 
I can find similar value for probably half the price. So maybe they'll give him maybe a couple year con couple years. Maybe they'll give him like I don't know how much lower they go. Maybe five six million a year. Yeah, he's gonna have to make something like that, something more like around what the mid level exemption would be. Um, but he might get offered more somewhere else. Would he take? Mm-hmm. Would he take? Because he's making eleven million this year. I think there are teams that would still give him around like twelve per year. Like so, like some team could give him like a three-year contract, like worth twelve million per year. And they will do it because they're a team on the come up, and they'll need someone with like his defensive prowess and leadership. I am very hard pressed to find a team who would give him that money. I could think of a couple teams that would do it. Um, I'll tell you one right now. I think Minnesota would do it. Tibbs would love having somebody with his defensive mindset on his team. And there are a team that was supposed to be pushing for playoffs this year and definitely will be looking to do that this coming, this upcoming season. I, I, you, you don't have, Tibbs is not there for a long rebuilding project. Tibbs went because he felt like they had all the players they needed to start making a push. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't. I. I. I don't know whether or not he. He's been. He's played a very good role, mm-hmm. and I fear that yeah, you go give him money, and he's not going to turn down the money you're going to give him. But will that turn? Will you get your return? Are you going to get the same kind of player that he was? in Golden State. Well, maybe not, but if I'm a team, especially if I'm a team in competition with the Warriors, one, I need a player like him on my team. Two, if I give him this money, then he doesn't stay on this juggernaut that's going to roll through us. Oh, so you sign him to make the team more vulnerable. I mean... There, there is a world where GMs do do make they do make moves like that. And if you're if you're looking at Golden State and you're looking at KD Curry, Thompson, and I know, Green, I know, and you say, all right, I'm going to break this team up and I'm going to take Iguodala. <laughs> well, the other ones aren't available. I mean, Curry's available, kind of, but not really. I'm going to take Iggy. Take that. Because, look, Curry is available, yes. But no one can offer him close to the money that Golden State can. And he's going to be, you know, if not the best player, you know, 1B on a team that just won two championships in three years. And they can also offer him the most money. And... He's basically like the most beloved player in that city right now. He's like the first family of the Golden Gate Bridge. Him and him and Aisha and the kids. <laughs> I mean, 
the only scenario I see I saw Curry leaving would be if they lost if they lost in the finals or didn't make it to the finals. Now that we're here, I don't see I don't see how he leaves. Especially when they have the most money to give him. So yeah, if I'm looking to like take a player that can help my team and make their team a little worse, Iguodala is the best realistically available option. I'm just saying. There are teams I think there are teams that will pay him, especially when like what I what I said like 3 years 36, that's like nothing right now in this NBA free agency. No. And, you know, what do you want? It depends which team and where they're at, you know. There are some teams that could do it. You know, um, Indiana might look at him as a player to help improve, build, keep it, build a team that can make Paul George want to stay. I mean, getting a player like Iguodala is an upgrade over having like Rodney Stuckey and C.J. Miles, you know, in the lineup. So, and then you get a guy that can guard LeBron and give – Paul George a bit of a break so Paul George can have some more energy on offense. It's not a bad move for them. Um, there are there are teams out there like I said. I think Minnesota could go after him. I mean, a team team like Memphis might look at him as like a as a way to upgrade that Tony Allen Vince Carter position because Vince Carter is like forty already. You can't keep relying on him to keep filling in for all the guards and forwards that get hurt. That's true. So, so maybe. So, you know what? And then Iguodala, he's thirty three, so yeah. he's a year older than LeBron. So, I mean, uh, two years, year and a half. Two or three year deal is is not crazy for a guy like Iguodala. It's, it's, it's not crazy, and considering what else is available with free agency, yeah. you probably are probably just gonna say, you know, me just sign him back. I mean, yeah. For what for everything else that's in free agency, teams are gonna throw at least. They're gonna throw around that twelve million annual number at him. I think. I don't think. I don't think Warriors are gonna be able to get by giving him like a five or six million dollar per year deal. Nah. And if that's the best they can do, because they gotta sign Curry, they gotta, and they gotta build a whole bench again and a whole, you know, they gotta see who's gonna who's gonna start in in place of Zaza Pachulia. They gotta see who's gonna come in and fill that JaVale McGee role, unless they're going to bring JaVale back. Maybe they're going to bring JaVale back, give him a little bit of a pay bump. Um, You know, they could do that, but, you know, I wouldn't trust JaVale to be my starter next year, so he's fine in his role. And Livingston's a free agent. Are you going to are you gonna give Livingston the bump, or are you going to look to replace him, like, one of these guys may have to go. Yeah. I don't think they can keep all of them. But they'll be able to find cheap options. And as long as they have those top four guys, I don't really think it matters. Yeah, I'm looking at the free agents who are available. Yeah, I'm not. Especially in some of those positions. Th- those guys are going to get paid. Like, some of those guys might. Yeah. Th- those guys are going to be, like, the top. If not the top, they're going to be one of the top. Guys, at in in those roles that teams are looking for. So, yeah, they they're all gonna get paid, and Warriors are gonna have to 
accept giving them raises to keep them or they're going to have to let them go and, and look elsewhere. But, you know, this team is is a juggernaut. I mean, I I said I said Warriors in 6, but that was old that was mainly out of respect for LeBron and respect for the Cavs being the team that won last year. But and my mind kept saying Warriors in 5 and <laughs> this looks like it's going to be Warriors in 4. I were was completely wrong. I wasn't even close. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, I'm not even. You don't even have to eat it like that because you at least said Warriors and Cavs. I said Spurs and Raptors were going to the finals. Right. I I was at least hoping that you get a couple of games, but eh, what can you do? Yeah. Uh, it's it's been crazy, man. There's this is so so much. It's crazy how much there is to talk about just from three games. But there's like so much writing on all these games. Like like we were saying in our preview, like one way or another, there's gonna be a ton to talk about with this finals, and and that's that's proven true. And there's a lot to now with the way the Warriors are 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 winning. I think there's even more questions, particularly about the Cavs, what that means for the East. You know, if if the Cavs do move some of these guys to try and improve, where do they send those guys? Like like Kevin Love, like let's say they just decide to trade Kevin Love. Like me and you both agree, you know, he's not the problem. But if they really want to get something worthwhile, they're gonna have to trade Kevin Love. Now what happens if they trade Kevin Love somewhere west? Now we're looking at an even more powerful Western Conference with a player like Kevin Love on whatever team he goes to. Like, like what if Memphis says, "All right, we'll we'll uh, we'll work with you, and but we'll take Kevin Love," you know? Mm-hmm. And they, you know, and they give them like, you know, Ennis and Zach Randolph and and all these guys that maybe the Cavs think they need to like get tougher and be more of a two-way team and now the west you know now the grizzlies have mike Conley, marcus all and kevin love something to think about something to think about i'm listening or you know what if they what if they go to the rockets the rockets are like hey you know we'll give you eric gordon we'll give you ryan anderson Patrick Beverly for Kevin Love. And you have you really progressed? Who Cavs? Yeah. Mm. At least Beverly gives you some defense. Beverly. Yeah. That's it. Well, I'm just saying. I'm not saying the Cavs would necessarily get better, but in a pursuit to get better, if they move these guys, that's going to shift the power a bit too. True. Which is my True. main which was my main point, you know? And, you know, there's some other teams in there too. Like what if Denver gets in it and says Denver says, you know, we'll give you was Wilson Chandler still under contract or is he a free agent? But you know, what if they give him something like Kenneth Fareed, you know, like Wilson Chandler or, or the equivalent of that and 
couple other pieces for Kevin Love. Now Denver looks a lot more interesting. They do. I'll be curious to see if the Cavs will make that kind of call. In fact, would they even pick up the phone for that kind of call? Well, the Cavs might be the ones doing the calling. So, we'll see. Oh, you know what? Chandler is Chandler is under contract. Gallinari's still in the contract for one more year. He opted out. Oh, he did. He opted out already. Yep. All right. So, you know, Fareed Chandler. And, you know, Will Barton for Kevin Love. You get a couple of two-way players there. You get some more rebounding with Fareed. I don't know, man. If you make moves like that, Love's Love's somewhere else. The Western Conference looks a little more interesting. Or maybe the Eastern Conference, although I don't know if they want to trade him in conference. Yeah, I don't think they want to trade him in conference. Even though I don't think they have any fear of Love, but... If Love yeah. could go back to, go back to playing how he used to and cause all kind of problems, right? I mean, if he's on a team that lets him play like the way he can play, he, he's a force again. I think, especially how good he looked this year with struggling to play through that limited role he had. You know, he he his numbers were his numbers were good this year, nineteen and eleven. You know. Solid three-point shooter, solid free-throw shooter. I mean, you know, even even worked pretty hard on defense this year. Not a great defender, but he worked. He made effort. So maybe he made effort. He had a bunch of steals in game three. Yeah, he had some good plays, man. He found other ways to contribute, which is what you want to see. Right. If your shot's not going down, at least... Do something to fill the stat sheet to, to prove your value. Yeah, because he's 28 now. So a team that gets him, they'll be getting him for his eight. They'll be getting him around 28, 29 years old. So right in his prime. And the last year before he came to the Cavs, do you know what his numbers were? <laughs> it's probably crazy. What was it? He had 26 and 12 on the T-Wolves with four assists, almost four and a half assists a game. And he shot yeah, he shot thirty seven percent from three, making two and a half threes per game. So he was already like that was that's still his best three point shooting season ever. And that was before wow. he came to the Cavs. Before they stuck him in the corner. <laughs> in the corner. That's yeah. that's pretty much what they did. So this was a guy who was doing the inside outside thing before Boogie, before Carl Anthony Towns, before Marcus All. He's not the defender most of those guys are, but he was he was doing all that. So you put him on another team, chances are he he can give you all that again. I don't think he forgot how to play. Oh no. Nah. He didn't forget. So, so I think this is uh, me saying free Kevin Love. I want to see him on another team. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, if I remember correctly, in the beginning of the season, I said something like that. 
but and you were like, nah, he's gonna stay on his team, and I'm like, nah, he needs to go somewhere else. The, the well, no, I I said on. he's going to stay on this team because they weren't going to move him after they won the championship. Gotcha. Okay, let me clear that up then. That's what it was. Not I didn't say he needed to stay here or he should stay on this team. What I'm saying right now is, for him personally, he's better off on another team. Okay, I'll take that. And, I mean, why not? He's got his ring already. You know, he he was healthy this year. He showed you what you, he could do even in a diminished role when healthy. Like, this this guy was the third option on his team, and he did 19 and 11 for the season. You know, that's impressive. The guy, the guy can still play. I think he can, be, he can still be your go-to guy if, if you need him to be on another team. And, you know, even in the playoffs this year, he's doing 17 and 11. He's had a strong showing, you know. Free Kevin Love. I want to see him be a number one on the team again. I miss those days. Start that hashtag, Free Kevin Love. Yeah. I miss those teams, and I, and so does my fantasy team. My fantasy misses when Kevin Love was a number one option. Those, oh, man. Those are some good days. Kevin Love and Blake Griffin, man. Blake Griffin was my dude, man. I'm like, all right. I'm like, they were the top two of my board. First round come. I'm like, all right. Yeah. Kevin Love will quickly come off. And I'm like, all right, got to grab Blake then. Yeah. I mean, I remember actually just, he was, I remember him being one of my favorite players. And, man, he's fallen so far on Cleveland. Fallen? Or has he given, given it up? Or... Well, he's he's been dragged Passive. down. He's been dragged yeah. down, but right. but you know, I, that's a, that's in play. I I think either one of Love or Tristan's gonna get traded. They're gonna have to make that decision this summer. They're gonna have to try and move on from guys like Shumpert and Jr. Even though they just signed Jr. I don't know who's gonna want a Jr. for another three years. But they're the gonna Brooklyn. have to. <laughs> Nah, they're not. They're not gonna take a guy like Jr. This, you know, Sean Marks actually is trying to build a competent team now. This isn't Billy King. I, I think the Nets are in better hands now, and I think they they're past the days of making bad trades like that. Good. So, we'll see. We'll see where. We'll see if Cleveland can unload any of these guys. Uh, I'm not too sure. And then they'll roll it back. And you know, question: If they roll this team back, let's say they can't make any moves, or they just choose not to. They they say we're gonna keep our core, and what we're gonna do is we're gonna we're gonna improve the margin. So we're gonna get rid of you know Corver, Fry, Darren Williams. Guys like that, Derek Williams, and we're going to find more complete players. You know, maybe not the names, they don't have the name value those guys had, but you know, we're going to find guys that are more complete players, fit a style that is more what we're trying to do. And let's say they do that and keep their core. Does this team definitely make it out the East again next year? They'll make it out the East, but not much further. So you're not even going to say TBD on that and see what happens in the East? 
No. This summer, you're going to say if they keep their core, they're going to the finals again definitely next year. Yeah. Okay. That's a bold move. That's a bold move. Um, I, I, haven't, I haven't seen enough from other teams. Right. I hear you. I hear you. Um, there's only one team. There's only one team right now that if I was Cleveland, if I were Cleveland, that I would fear in the Eastern Conference. Milwaukee? Yep. I just, I, I'm going to say TBD, bro. I want to say TBD <laughs> because I still think we need to see what Boston does. You know, um, it's pretty clear they're going to draft Markel Fultz, I think, now. Fultz is only working out for the Lakers, I mean, for the Celtics. So um, that kind of tells me that they're drafting him no matter what now. And Gordon Hayward's out there. Um, Blake Griffin is out there. You know, there are some there's some names, you know. There is even still the possibility they could draft Fultz to trade him to Chicago or something. That would be interesting. Or Indiana, whatever the case may be. Um, and then if they make moves like that, that's an improved team, you know. That's an improved team that went to the Eastern Conference Finals this year. Washington. You know, we got to see what they do. Are they going to actually have a legit bench? If they have a legit bench this year, I like their chances even more than the Celtics. Because we saw what Wall and Beal could do. They just got gassed by Game 7. Because there was no help. There was no support. They had a strong starting five, but that was about it. So if they can get some guys where they can go eight deep in the playoffs... You got to watch out for them. You know, Beal and Wall, they take their game to another level in the playoffs. And, you know, Milwaukee, they're, you know, they're they're the dark horse. They're waiting in the wings. They're a bunch of young bucks, pardon the pun. But they can they can do some noise. Giannis takes another step. Thon Maker, Jabari Parker comes back, Chris Middleton. Yeah, you know, Brogdon's going to be another year wiser, more mature in this league. They still got guys like Della Dova, Jason Terry. It's, it's, a, it's a strong team. Yeah. It's a strong and, and team. We, and, and we can't sleep on the Sixers. I'm just I'm, kidding. I'm, 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 kidding. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm in a coma on the Sixers. <laughs> <man>. <laughs> um, But... That's that's four teams right there, and we didn't even talk about Toronto. We didn't even mention Toronto, although right. I don't know if we should mention Toronto. Toronto's hitting that. Toronto's entering that that um that dangerous area where the Hawks are. Like the Hawks could be like fifty five, fifty eight game winner next year. Nobody's gonna care because they know that they're not gonna do anything in the playoffs. Right, and I kind of think that's where Toronto is. And they might not even be that good. It depends where Kyle Lowry goes this summer. That's another question. That's Kyle an- Lowry. Yeah, that's another question. So I'm talking myself into the East. I know it might be foolhardy. And <laughs> Cleveland's going to go to the finals for a fourth straight year. But I'm going to at least say TBD. I, I want to see what what these teams do. I mean, Miami's another team. Miami was the best team in the East since January. They just 
stunk it up too much the two months before that to get into the playoffs. But, you know, I wouldn't expect them to start off so atrociously next year. And I'm not saying they're going to be a top three team in the East, but they could probably be somewhere around the five, six range in the East. And they're a matchup problem for a lot of these other teams in the East, including Cleveland. With Hassan Whiteside in the middle and Goran Dragic at point. Um, so there is some promise in the East. I don't know if it's just me talking myself into it because I don't want to see the same team go four years in a row to the finals. But I'm going to say I'm waiting to see what happens this summer before I say Cavs are a shoe-in next year for the finals. So that's fair. So let's revisit this in a couple of months. Yeah, let's revisit this. That'll that'll be a good uh, talking point when we start looking towards our preview of next season. You know, in the meantime, I think we only got... So, Leif, is it over tomorrow? Or are we going to go to Game 5? It's going to Game 7. No, let me stop. No, it's <laughs> over tomorrow. <laughs> pull, pull, pulling the JR with that yeah. tweet. Going to give Cavs in seven. Yeah, my mic was hacked. <laughs> your mic was hacked. <laughs> Someone hacked your audio real quick. Yeah. So nah, it's over tomorrow. It's over tomorrow. I I'm gonna agree. I think it's over tomorrow. Um if a desperate Cavaliers team that had their two best players put in their two best performances couldn't get the win, I don't know what else can. Yeah, let's let's let it be over. Let the Warriors have the parade, and then we can move on talking about the NBA draft. Yeah, we will have the draft. We'll have free agency. I mean, NBA is not going anywhere. I feel like there's gonna be a lot of talk about at least through like mid July. Right. You know, and then summer league happens. So, yeah, and this was uh wow. This was a very interesting week, very interesting three games. Um, I, I st- I'm still in shock of how, how this series has gone. You're probably, you're probably saying the same thing. Yeah, I, I did not see this happening, at least not this bad. No, I mean, this is, this is even worse than 2014 when Spurs just ran Miami out the gym. Right. Oh yeah, this is definitely worse. So, yeah, man. So, next time me and you talk, this series will be over. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that, and you know maybe we can rehash some of these talking points. Um, about but we'll more than likely look for look on towards the uh, the draft and this weird NBA award show they got coming up at the end of the month. Weird? I think that's kind of awesome. I think it's weird, man. Okay, well, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that next week. That's, this is a, yeah. that's, that's a little taste for next week. We, we, can, uh, we can debate the merits of this award show. <laughs> but anyway, uh, thanks for talking with me, Leif. This has been a good one. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Once again, if you're enjoying it, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the sideline reporter. Hit that like button. Look out for the episode post. Post any questions you have for us there. You can do the same thing on Twitter at the SL reporter. 
you can send us a tweet there um and you know you can find us uh on twitter as well you can find me at caldan384 you can find Leif at ldb creations uh yeah and uh anything else Leif, before we go man again thanks again for listening we greatly appreciate it and we're gonna keep giving you pods keep giving you information and keep talking about in the nba yes indeed signing off peace everybody later